So this is Beyond the Fight podcast, episode 14 or 15 already, uh, hammering out episodes more after a break. And today I'm joined by one of TriStar's best striking coaches, Payman Hayati. Pageman. Okay, yeah. oh, Pageman. It's nice to meet you. Same here, same yeah, here. thanks for making this happen. And I just want to give a shout out to like uh, four people that made it happen. It was, and we actually know them. It was David Moon. Uh, Mohamed Chick, Dimitri St. Jacques, and uh, Alexia Enzabadi, who said, like, if you like martial they all said, if you like MMA, martial arts, especially striking, they said, you're the guy to talk to. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, to, um, tell me about uh, your story. You know, we have, uh, we have, we, you have quite an interesting story being from Iran. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long story, you know. Um, I was, uh, I came to Canada when I was uh, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left Iran in uh, 1989, I believe. Yeah, it was 1989. And uh, I grew up in the war, you know, with uh, my brother, my mother, you know. Very uh, brutal war. I've done, I did a history last, I've done a history of Iran and uh, yeah. I've spoken with a lot of Iranians who uh, come to my work and uh, like when I asked them about like the civil war, they were like, it's like, it's a very dark time. Like they, they don't like talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah. Came to Canada, and then uh, my brother and I we first came here. My mom had to go back to Iran, and yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it's quite a <laughs> <laughs> quite a story. Quite yeah, a journey. quite a story. Yeah. My my dad uh, was also he was born in Tehran in uh, nineteen fifty five. So he was born two months after the Shah was like put into power okay. after the nineteen fifty three coup, uh, and then. Um, they, in 1965, his family saw that there was too much change happening. They sensed that the, that uh, this political system would not last. So luckily, his family, a lot of them moved to LA, Los Angeles, where I don't know why a lot of Iranians go there. It's yeah. crazy. But then they came here for, um, you know, it was easier to immigrate. And they just felt that it was time because they knew that uh, there was going to be a collapse eventually. So it was, it was good timing because 14 years later, yeah. the revolution happened and then all the problems that yeah. came with it. Yeah. So what got you into uh, kickboxing? What was that? What started that? Oh, it's a, it's a long story. It's a funny story. Okay. Yeah. So like, so what was that? Let's, let's hear the, the short version. What happened the with that? The short version. Uh, yeah. I, if I, you can. I, I used to work at a restaurant with my brother. Okay. And um, Westminster, you know. And I was always athletic. I was into sports. I used to play hockey, you know, ball hockey, soccer. I was always into sports, you know, like I would go to school, work. And then come home, and first thing I would do is like put on my rollerblades and go play ball hockey or like roller hockey, and then uh, or I would like drive uh, like an hour to go play ball hockey uh, in like uh, different areas, different arenas, you know. So I was always into sports, you know, like that's all I chased, and. Um, so I, I was working uh, at this restaurant, uh, it was called Famous Deli Boys on Westminster and uh, I saw a, a sign of it that the gym was opening up uh, on top of the, the restaurant, like on the same building. Power gym, right? No, it was uh, Pump, Pump Fitness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's called Pump Fitness. So I'm like, oh, there's a gym, you know, and I, I'm always, I'm athletic, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. So I went upstairs, I, I, I uh, checked it out, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a brand new gym, you know, 
and I went in the back. It had like a little room that had a nice, like a nice setup, you know, a boxing ring, a couple of punching bags, and like a speedball. And I was like, oh, it's a nice gym. So I before they they were still building that gym. So I went up. I'm like, oh, I want to join the gym. They told me, oh, you can join uh, like now and uh, like at a at a cheaper rate or something. If I if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and then when we open you can join officially i said okay so i took the membership and I, I started training in that gym before it even opened you know they would let me in and uh, once it opened up uh, i was i was into do, lifting weights you know i was like uh, so i started building some mass you know i was going regularly like almost every day you know and i was lifting weights and uh, and there was this, uh, they, they started a boxing uh, class. And one of the, the trainer, he would walk around the gym and try, he would try to recruit uh, like uh, students. So he walked up to me, he's like, you wanna try a class? I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's okay, it's not my thing. I'm just gonna lift my weights. <laughs> Play ball hockey too, that's yeah, my that's thing. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And I, I was working in a restaurant, you know, I was a, uh, uh, student also at that time. Okay, what were you uh, studying? And uh, avionics. Avionics. So was that like a university or like a trade program? Yeah, it's, a trade, uh, it's like a college program. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like uh, all the electronics and the flight instruments. It, okay, interesting. Like the black boxes, like the systems of like a plane. Basically. That's it. That's it. All the electronics of airplanes and helicopters. That's what I studied. Well, that is, that's actually, that's pretty good. That's actually a pretty interesting uh, field you chose because you never know what it could lead to. And that's one thing, like, I noticed, okay, so I hope this doesn't sound stereotypical, but a lot of Iranians I meet, they're doing some form of trade and yeah. then they go into engineering after. It's yeah. like, it's like I don't know what it is. It's like, what is, what is it that, uh, made, that made you go into that field? Was it you wanted like some guaranteed work or did you want to become an engineer? It's, it's funny, I was, uh, I was in high school and I was graduating and we had this class, you know, that was leading, like tell, helping us to choose our career. And mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I was, Oh, I was a bit ADHD back then and my mind was was all over the place and I was always into sports and to be honest I didn't even care you know I just wanted to like I thought I had to study I had to get a degree and then go to college like I was confused so uh, I was going through the list in that class and I'm like I was going through the list and I was confused. I'm like, what, what do I want to study? I had no clue. And then I'm like, oh, airplanes. I love airplanes, you know? So I kind of like just picked it like that. It just sound, sounded cool to me. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go do that. And that's that's how I chose it. <laughs> and that's, it's just, yeah, especially back then, because now with all the technology, like in like the softwares they have, they, like, they do like your personality, they can see your skill set, and then they're like, okay, these are all the fields for you. But back then, it's like they give you, here's the pictures, what do you want to do? And you have to write it, like yeah. the test. And did you end up finishing uh, the program? Actually, I did, yeah. Okay. I, I got my degree, and I, I did pretty well, you know. And, but, I don't know. The, the the year I graduated was the same year that uh, the September the eleventh. Get out, yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So it was, and I'm I'm uh, from Iranian background. Oh, so I was like, on a black list, <laughs> and I was applying everywhere, and 
and Air Canada called called me in. I went. I did the interview. I did the exam. I did it well, you know, and the interview went well. And they they, they sent me to do the medicals. I'm like, oh, this is. Uh... Everyone told me, okay, once they send you to the medicals, that means you're hired because it costs a lot of money for them to. Mm-hmm. to do this so that means you're hired I'm like oh I was all excited I'm like that's it I'm hired so I did the medicals medicals was okay too and then I, I came back and I'm waiting and waiting and never got a phone call you know oh no yeah and then I got a letter saying oh we're not hiring right now then I I thought about it I'm like okay it's probably it's, that's the case you know and I had a friend uh, who was Iranian also who had studied in the same field he was called shortly after me and same thing happened to him and uh, and everyone else like from the program they were all hired so um, i figured that <laughs> yeah there's kind of there's like there's some there's some work behind the scenes happening there yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a good time i remember yeah. too with uh, what happened to me uh, was, i was in fourth grade when that happened and i got a call from uh, like my because my dad was working in new jersey and he had a meeting in new york the day of but not in the world trade center but close by so get a get the teacher come the principal comes up to my uh, class and they're like yeah we need to speak with you so they said in a terrorist attack you know how they do yeah. they, they talk calmly and they and they say like every single word they yeah. enunciate and pronounce it like as if like you, they to make you get it they're like there's been an attack your dad we we don't know if he's okay but like we we heard but we know that he's in the u.s we will update you right away if anything <laughs> happens i get a day later oh yeah i'm fine you know so yeah, yeah. it was good but it was a, a tough time but for sure. To bring it back to uh, with the boxing, so the coach comes up to you and he's like, "Hey, you wanna?" Yeah. So doing? finally, he, he was very, he was uh, persistent. Yeah, persistence. Yeah, he kept uh, coming back, and one day he convinced me, and the class, uh, his cl- there was no one in the class, like no one attending. He goes, "Come on, I'm gonna work with you one on one." I'm like, it was a brand new gym, you know, so they were trying to get clients mm-hmm. and get the class going. So I'm, I said, "Okay, I'll give it a try," you know. So I went in the room, he started teaching me, stand this way, stand that way. Uh, so I'm going to tell you the story as it happened, <laughs> you know, but it, I, Whatever is the easiest I'm still for you. friends with him, like I love him, he's my first coach, you know, like uh, it's nothing personal. I'm, I'm happy like for what happened, you know, like I'm grateful because he taught me a big lesson. If it wasn't for that, I would have probably not continued, you know, like that had to happen, you know. And uh, so he, he, he gave me a, a little uh, instructions, like uh, showed me how, how to stand, how to throw the jab, and the cross. And then he was like, do you want to spar? I'm like, spar? What's, what's sparring? I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a very, you know, I'm, I, I like to try things, you know, always I'm very, uh, I'm like that. I always like to try new things. I'm, I'm curious, you know. So he's like, you want to spar? I'm like, okay. So he brought a headgear, a pair of uh, like 16 ounce gloves, uh, put it on me. He's like, okay, we're going to ring. He, he, he put on his, his gloves. He did put on a headgear, it was like top shape. He's like, yeah, so you got to stand here and uh, we, we're going to spar. I'm like, okay, no, I had no clue. So he puts the timer on and he goes, ding, 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 he comes. So he's there. I had no clue. I had my hands down, and boom! He right in the face. <laughs> he clocks me, and I just drop. 
I dropped and then I was like, what just hit me, you know? I kind of slowly got back up, you know, I was kind of in the corner of the ring and I was like, kind of hanging on the ropes. He looks at me, he goes, you're okay? I'm like, and my ego back, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, you sure? He looks at me, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, you know? <laughs> He's like, I think it's enough for today. I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. it's the first time, every time, the first time you get hit in the face, it, it's yeah. so painful. I remember when I got kicked in the face because uh, I used to train with uh, Andre Gilbert for yeah. karate. You know, Andre Gilbert is like one of the yeah. biggest names in Quebec when you think of karate. And the first time I sparred, I remember like I got kicked in, I got punched in the gut, and it was it was a very fun experience yeah. to say. But man, when I met uh, Mohammed uh, and I sparred with him for the first time and he gave me like a good kick, I was like, oh, so this is what sparring is. This is like next level. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, and my ego was like, oh, keep going, keep going. But after that, I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, and I thought I was going to like, I just couldn't keep up. But yeah. we all have that. And uh, was, what style of fighting was this coach? Boxing only? or He was boxing, yeah. Okay. So what happened with kickboxing after? Like, how did that come about uh kickboxing uh well i continued mm -hmm. uh i kept going back uh to training with uh with my coach and uh he kept telling me okay he because uh, third time this i sparred with him again and the third time i just the sparring when i kept my hand up he kept hitting me i held my own and he told me, oh, you're very tough and you don't give up. You keep coming back. He, he goes, you should come to TriStar. And uh, so I, I, was, I thought about it and I started kind of liking the feeling of getting punched and I liked it, you know. So let me just ask you, this is TriStar like in the early days, like the dark, wild west days of MMA, right? Like this is like yeah. when no one really knows, like the UFC is still kind of a cliche not ta it's a taboo sport because people don't know about it this is like the dark days right yeah well uh, george, george st pierre was 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 uh when i what year was it 19, it was 1998 that's when i joined uh, tristar so it was already george st pierre was already a champion you know so champion like in the local promotions or uh no he was already a ufc champion Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. So nineteen. No, wait a sec. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So two thousand. You're talking here right now. Yeah. Two thousand six. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. ninety eight is like when like it's like was it was it ninety eight? No, I think maybe he, it was uh, later. Yeah, George won his championship in two thousand six. Then he lost it. Then oh. he regained it in two thousand eight. Yeah, that's the span. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. We jump a bit there. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, I got confused. Don't worry. It happens. Yeah. Um, so you went to TriStar and... Yeah, I went to TriStar and... Uh, but George St. Pierre was... I know he was already a champion when I went to TriStar. Okay. And uh, so I walked in uh, and the first class I did was a boxing class with uh, Alex Shoko. And I remember I turned around and I saw... Uh, David Loiseau was, was sparring and I saw all these other pro fighters. I remember it was uh, Stefan Vigno and a couple others. All these guys I was watching on TV because at that point I was interested into fighting. So I was watching uh, Fight Network every day, you know, right after school I would come and I would sit down and uh, watch all the fights. So I knew all these guys. <laughs> I was like, oh man, all these guys are right here like training and I'm here training. So I kind of... That 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 what 
that what made me feel uh, fall in love with uh, with that place, you know, is that moment, and uh, and I kept going, and then I went to then I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to kick, so I looked up for a kickboxing class, and uh, it, it was Conda Pla the founder of uh, TriStar. So I walked into his class, his beginner's class, and I told him I want to learn how to kick. I've done a little bit of a boxing uh, this other gym. I want to I wanna learn how to kick. He said, okay, so you're at the right place. And uh, for, uh, I think for two years straight, I didn't miss a class. Yeah, I, I used to go and do the beginners and do the, the advanced right after. I was doing two classes and uh, yeah I kept training training but I was working full-time at that time uh, in the aviation job or was no it? no it's a long story <laughs> it's like it's crazy what happens like like a lot of uh, fighters I noticed PJ they, they go into a field like they get a degree or yeah. a trade certification they're expect and they try to find a balance like with being a trainer as like a side gig to make extra income as, yeah. as a hobby but then it's got a completely different path. So yeah, yeah. What was the full-time job here, if you, if you don't mind me asking? What, what was I doing? Yeah, this time. With well, uh, it's, it's a long story. From the, the restaurant we were mm-hmm. working at, we ended up taking over a, a bankrupt business in Central Station, downtown Montreal. Okay. And uh, so at the same time that I started uh, taking the kickboxing classes, I kind of... Uh, my brother and I, we, we took over a, a bankrupt business uh, in the central station mm-hmm. downtown. So I was, I was doing it. The kickboxing was a hobby for me. And uh, that was my job, you know. So I, I was doing a kickboxing on the side. And just my main focus was the business. The big, it was a bakery. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. And so we, we were running that place for, uh, for, for, uh, for like 15 years, I believe. Yeah. So my, my, uh, my routine was I would wake up at 3.30, 4 a.m., go to the bakery. Uh, we would open at uh, 6 a.m. We had lineups till like, let's say about noon. No, about 11, it would die for an hour, and then at noon we would get the lunch rush to like uh, about 1.30, and then we had another little rush, and then I would leave at five and drive straight to TriStar. I did that for about, I don't know, 12 or 13 years straight. Wake and up I, at 3.30, that's... Yeah, I did that, uh, that was my life. <laughs> Pretty much, and then I would go to TriStar and uh, train uh, and uh, do privates, and then do the kickboxing class. And at that point, Conrad made me because uh, I, I think he saw Conrad Plot. He saw that he he noticed something that I like teaching, you know, and I was so passionate about the sport. So he made me teach. The, he gave me the beginners class back then this is was way way before a a fight or anything so i was teaching you know i was teaching the beginners for for about a couple of years so that was my life i would uh wake up go to the bakery get out of there 
4 p.m., 5 p.m., go straight to the TriStar train. Then uh, I would take Conrad's class and then teach the beginner's class. I did that for a while and then I got a bit better. So Conrad, I knew all the, all the drills that, that all, the, all his uh, drills. So he told me, can you take over the, the advanced class also? And I was so passionate about it. I said, yeah, sure. I, so I started teaching, you know. And then I'm like, I have to fight because uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm coaching, you know, I'm teaching, I want to have to fight to understand what, what the fighter goes through, you understand? I'm, I'm teaching technique, I'm teaching drills, you know, I'm like, I have to, have to see how it feels like. So I decided to compete, but I was, uh, was full-time uh, working at the, at the bakeries. It was a bit hard for me, you know, because... Uh, to I was still training. I was I was disciplined, but my body I was always tired. You know, uh, like I was I was training for my first fight, and uh, at this point I I met Master Peter. I don't know if uh, you know you know him. He, Never. He's he's the Muay Thai master of TriStar. He 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 taught Conrad how to kick. Okay. Uh, he trained uh, like many generations of fighters at TriStar and in Thailand. He's very, uh, he's very special. He's Dutch or he's Thai? He's Thai. He's okay. Thai. Uh, so at this point I was training with Master Peter also and he was teaching me Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, so I decided to fight and, uh, and I would come, I would, I was trying my best. I would, I would go to the bakery if I had like a, like an, an hour, I would go for a jog and I would come back. Sometimes uh, in the evenings, uh, like I had to be there. So I would find uh, like a 10 minute, I would go in the back. We had a mirror, I would start shadow boxing, you know, I would do my push-ups, my sit-ups, you know. So that's how I, I, I trained for my fights. And uh, so I didn't have any success every time. Uh, the first fight uh, after the fight, I mean, I, I, I was tough. I finished the fight, I came, I had like a, I started hyperventilating, you know, mm -hmm. for like 30 minutes, I was on the floor, like shaking, hyperventilating, my nervous system, you know, I had, had so much going on, you know, so they had to rush me to the hospital, that was a long story, and then uh, second fight, same thing, you know, uh, I, I went, I fought, it was a good, like, you know, uh, I, I held my own, you know. Uh, again, I lost by decision. Came I, again. I started hyperventilating because my nervous system, you know, because I had uh, third fight. It was better, you know. Uh, I had uh, I was it was going well. I was doing better. But third round, last second, I got head kicked. Oh, know? that's the worst. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, story. yeah. Like like ten seconds, I got head kicked, and uh, oh, I didn't go down. I stood there and uh, the ref just uh, called it off. And uh, again, uh, it was better this, this time, but again, after the fight, every time I fought after I would come, I would sit and then like minutes after I started hyperventilating and like my nervous system would just shut down, you know? And then next day I got so sick, ended up in the hospital again. I got throat infections. I, I did, because I had so much going on, you know? I wasn't getting enough rest. So I didn't do it properly, basically. But I was so passionate about it that I kept doing and doing and never give up, you know? And uh, yeah, 
And uh, then I decided, I'm like, that's it. Now I know like how it feels like, and I'm like, uh, I just want to be a coach, you know? And I was a bit older, I had a few injuries also. I'm like, so I put my focus into coaching and uh, here I am now. That's impressive. That's so like to do all that. That routine, three thirty, <laughs> go to a bakery you own, and you have to rush. Yeah, at one point we had two bakeries, and I was doing the same. It was I would like go from one to the other and back, and then go to TriStar, back to the other one, back to that one. It was just a mess. <laughs> How many hours of sleep are you getting in this period? If you can, oh, I wasn't getting much. <laughs> like if if I was getting six hours, I was lucky. You know, I was. Yeah, but yeah. yes, I understand it because yeah. uh, like, I do online teaching and when November comes around, we have to put our clocks back. Yeah. So it's online teaching with China online. So they don't have time change. So we're losing an hour. So I have to set my alarm for like 4.30. It's not 3.30, yeah. but I can understand like you feel tired at some points. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, you know, you see uh, your relatives or like your, your loved ones and they're like, why are you so tired? Like you don't socialize and you're like, I'm just... Yeah, like I was, I was very, uh, I'm a very social person, but like, I was always tired, you know, like everywhere I went, I, I would like pass out because I was, I need, it's like, I would, I wasn't getting enough rest, you know, but it, in one, it kind of taught me a lesson, you know, and uh, like now I know like if you want to fight or know like I know what fighter needs you know like I know that they need to, to rest I know I know what it takes now you know it's like Dave what's in your in in your philosophy since you're a coach what is the the perfect amount of rest a fighter would need when they're training or competing it depends depends you have to listen to your body you have to you gotta be smart and you have to be honest with yourself you know you, 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 if you have an injury you know just just work around it, or if you need uh, to rest, just rest, you know. Yes. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Tito Ortiz uh, famously said he used to take like 10 hours sleep, like when he yeah, was training. Yeah, they, yeah I believe it. They, you, need, you need that, you know, to recuperate, you know. It's important. Especially if you're, like, you're not like a big pro fighter, like the ones who fight on, say, undercards or coming up, like and they're trying to balance with a full-time job or say school what's it like what do you tell them like what's your what's the model you have for them when they come to you and say hey look i'm an up-and-coming fighter or hey look i'm a pro fighter here's where here's what my habits are here's the amount of rest i'm getting what can you do to you help you have me? to uh you have to make a schedule you know like you and you gotta be disciplined you gotta like you gotta know if if you if you have a job and you want to train, you have to have a schedule. If you're full time training, it's different. Okay, you just go. You can go with it and listen to your body. You know, if if you're injured, you can afford to rest. You know, because that's your job, your full time job. But if you rely on on other uh, stuff, then you gotta be more disciplined. You know, you gotta. I'd say make yourself a schedule. Say okay, here I I'm gonna work these days. You gotta work it out, you know. You and okay, I'm, I'm gonna rest here. I'm gonna rest there, and I'm gonna train here. I'm gonna train. There. You gotta be more disciplined. Yes, for example, like just to give you like an example of like what I have. So I work full time with uh, two yeah. jobs. Um, Monday in the morning, I make it a priority to get my lifting session in at six a.m. to that's seven a.m. That's it. Then I go to my job for 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
two and then and then sometimes now with the competition uh, potentially coming up like i go i'll go train with uh, momo and monday from seven to eight tuesday's a rest day completely recover stretch it do a lot of stretching Wednesday lift day two, and then I go train again at uh, when I need to. Friday lift, and then Sunday is like my other like my cardio day with him. That's it. You gotta have a routine. You gotta have a schedule, and you gotta stick to it. That's the key. Yeah. Even if you're fighting pro, you know, like uh, same thing. It's just but if you're like if you really because whether this fighter pro sometimes they they spar hard and you know sometimes you have to rest you know and. but the thing is with amateur fighters, uh, like that was one thing that was hard for me is to do the sparring. The next morning I had to wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, it was hard, you know. I, I still did it, but uh, every time I did it, it was like a disaster, you know. <laughs> you wake up, you're like... Uh, yeah, you wake up and you have like uh, orders, uh, catering orders uh, for 800 people and you have like uh, the employees and you have the... The clients, it's a lot of stuff going on, you know. It's it's not always easy. That's why it's important to have, like, the apps on these phones to help you alert you and then yeah. organize stuff. Yeah, to... well, not. It's easier with these apps than uh, yeah. That's crazy. What was the first MMA fight you watched that you remember seeing? The first UFC or Pride back then? I was on Fight Network. Uh, it's definitely the first. Uh, I remember I was Vitor Belfort. I, I, uh, the USC, the, the, like the, the, the first ones, they used to show them on Fight Network. And then it was all uh, the TKO fights. All the, I watched all the TKO. I used to go to school and just come home. Uh, like I used to run to catch the, the, the bus that was earlier so I can make it. For <laughs> the, for, it was, I remember the timing. I think it was at 4 o'clock or something on Fight Network. So I wanted to be home for four, four o'clock to watch the fights. And yeah, I watched mainly TKO fights. Yeah. Okay, so those were like the amateur, that's the, that's like the... the MMA fights I, I used to watch. Mm-hmm. And they're like the, it's the Quebec League basically yeah, for, Quebec, yeah. for like up and coming fighters. Well, George came up from there. Uh, I think David Loiseau as well. Yeah, or? Yeah. Okay. I was, very, it was a huge fan of David Loiseau. And uh, when I first came to Tresan, I saw David Loiseau, I was like, oh my, he was like my... Uh, it's like I'm seeing my uh, my idol, you know. It was, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, that's crazy. And yeah. I've heard David's a very he's a gentleman, you know. He's a, I'm, well, we're friends now, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. He runs yeah. his own gym too, apparently. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Crow, Crow Training Center. Yeah, yeah, very good feedback from what I heard. He he's like he's very passionate, like uh, like yeah, you. Yeah, I, I love him. He's he's, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. But he he also like not many people realize that. He was one of the early Canadians. When you think of MMA, it's they always look at George St. Pierre for Canadian, but David was one of the the first one. Before that, it was Carlos Newton, who uh, fought for a bit, won the welterweight title, but then lost it. But David was like the one that really kind of paved the way for yeah, for George. Sure, definitely, definitely for uh, everyone, you know. And uh, he's a great, great, great person, you know. And uh, he's my friend now, and. That's really cool, yeah. and and when you saw Vitor, what was your thoughts of the phenom when you first uh, yeah, saw? Yeah, it was uh, like, oh, it's like when you first meet them, uh, it's yeah, it was 
I didn't tell him, but uh, I felt like, wow, you know, it was, it was amazing. It's like you're starstruck because it's like you see yeah. these guys on TV. You're like, oh yeah, I exactly. watch these guys, and exactly. yeah. and then you get and then so we saw so Vitor came to TriStar later in his career. He yeah. came in 2017 after the, his fight with Gegard Mousasi, if I'm not mistaken. What was it like to see him do the, the bag work? Because apparently like, the way he punches, like it's like a swarm of bees just hitting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to watch. He's a, he's a beast. <laughs> Every, everyone says that. Beast yeah. in the gym. He's, yeah, a, yeah. He, he's a quick puncher. and uh, he, he, has a, like a, he has a strong uh, energy, a strong aura, you know, like... You feel it like when he walked in Tristar, like, and he would. Uh, I remember he was uh, hitting pads in the in the octagon with Conrad once, and there was so much energy around him. Like, usually, like so when someone's hitting pads in the octagon, there's other people's around, people around like training or hitting other coaches hitting pads. I know myself. I was like, I, I had a I had a student. I kind of like something like didn't let me go in the octagon, like, I was like, so, and every, nobody, everybody kind of left the octagon, it was just him and Kara in the middle, that's, that's like, his energy, you know, like. That's insane, yeah. so that just shows you, like, the amount of respect he has in yeah, the exactly, MMA world. Exactly. And so, like, everybody gave him, like, the octagon, you know. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he almost beat John Jones, not many people uh, realize that, like, he yeah. almost changed the, the career of John Jones. I won't say the career, but if you remember that UFC where he had John's arm in that difficult position and he was pulling it out of his shoulder. And then John, obviously, you know, John Jones, he's going to find a way to win. But one of the, like, Vitor could have changed the trajectory of, uh, sure, of like, sure. MMA in that he's regard. He's a legend. Has to be. He has to be in the Hall of Fame no matter what. Like, whether you love him or you hate him, like, he was there for the dark ages. For sure, for sure. The first time I saw Vitor was when he fought uh, Marvin Eastman. It was the UFC 43. It was in 2003 he fought. Yeah, I'm not good with, like, I don't, uh, like... Oh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Don't worry. I don't, ex I'm not putting pressure on him. But it was one of the early ones when, uh, it was when the faces were, of the UFC were Chuck, Tito, and Randy. Okay. And uh, Vitor fought Marvin Eastman. And uh, it was, like, he caught Marvin in, in the head, like, it was, like, there's a cut in Marvin's eyebrow. And then Vitor just went in, just started boxing the shit out of Marvin. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, now that you told and, me, yeah. And then after that, like, he did, gave his famous, like, he's very religious. Yeah. So he started talking about, like, thanking Jesus, his, his, his then-girlfriend, uh, Joanna, before they got married. And then his mom, and he had like the the, the curly hair too. Yeah. <laughs> then it was curly hair Vitor. That was my first Vitor fight uh, that I that I w that I saw because people said if you want to watch MMA, go watch a few old Vitor fights. And yeah, yeah. there was that. Um, so once you now that you're a coach now, what do you? What is your responsibilities at TriStar since you're doing that full time? My, it's just to give back, you know, give mm -hmm. back uh, every all my knowledge, you know. Uh, everything um, I just uh, just I think that's my responsibility you know, to give back to the to the youngsters you know there's a lot of young talent uh, Tricer right now and uh, I just uh, try to teach them as much as uh, I can teach them like you know not only boxing kickboxing but also like good habits yeah you know? exactly like I, I'm, I try to like if I see them like I try to give them uh, my experience you know like I kind of 
try to show them the way, you know, the, if I see like uh, this guy I, I train, I see he's, uh, he's working too much, he's always on his feet and uh, I see his nervous system I, I, and I pick it up, you know, because I've been there, you know, and I've done it like, like that, I, I've done it so I, I know that, so I, I, I kind of, I tell him, you know, I wish someone told me. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think it's very. I think it's very important that you have a coach that everyone, when you're competing, that has a coach or teacher that has been in that ring. You know, whether it's like a taekwondo ring, a kickboxing ring, uh, karate. Well, not ring, but you know, the mats. Basically, yeah, yeah, for sure. like for example, like when I was training at my yeah. old school, we didn't really have the teachers that understood competing. They, yes, they were judges. Yes, they were refs. But to have a like a teacher that lives it that's lived in competitions like whereas like Mohammed has like Mo's like fought in uh, Brazil he's fought in Quebec he's fought in Vancouver so for him to have that experience and knowledge like it really makes such a difference because then it, it's going to help the students like myself or say your students that are coming up oh I have a teacher that like knows everything he knows what it takes he knows the habits he knows what it the feelings are like so it, it makes a it, it makes a difference I feel for and, sure for sure uh well, people fight for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, like I talk to fighters, and everybody fights for different reasons. It's not just I, about money. Yeah, like some fight for money, some fight for pride, some fight for their people, like for their fans. Some, uh, like I fought because I fought so I know what a fighter goes through so I can coach. You understand? That was my goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and, look, I, and look where it led you, man. Like you... <laughs> That's uh, that was, it was just to understand. I was always trying to understand, you know. I'm still trying to understand, you know. I'm always trying to understand things, you know. And that's the thing with combat sports. It's not like, say, hockey or soccer where you, you kind of, like, have an idea. You can learn only so much. But with fighting, it's just ever-evolving. Like, it's just such an evolving sport. It's, they say it's the fastest-growing now mainstream sport because you think of the ESPN deal, the Fox deal in the past, Fight Network. Like, it's... It's really taking off now. For sure, so. for sure. And would you say like it's with the, these media, these TV deals, like do you think it's amazing for say kickboxing? You have glory kickboxing. Do you feel like that's only going to help grow like kickboxing in general? Yeah, for sure. Glory is... Uh, I love watching glory fights, you know. Uh, lately, I haven't been following uh, up a lot, but uh, glory... It's, uh, it's really good for just the pure strikers. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They just have to find a way, I guess, because, you know, they're kind of taking a... They're kind of in the back to the UFC because the UFC does help them with Fight Pass. But if Glory could just find a way to make its marketable stars, like if they could find a way to market, say, the Badr Haris, uh, if Israel Adesanya stayed, they could really find a way to market him, Bazooka Valtellini. Like, they... It could be, like... For sure, for sure, definitely. As big as the UFC for those who want to see what kickboxing definitely, is. definitely, yeah. Do you have a? Did you have a favorite fighter in the past that you liked watching in Glory? In Glory, well, my favorite fighter is uh, Jonathan Dibella <laughs> from uh, from uh, here in Montreal. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, yeah, he won the title recently. Yeah, the... yeah, yeah. He's uh, he he's my favorite because I know him. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, my mind would have to be. Uh, I guess you could say it's Botter, even though yeah. Botter's a bit crazy man, but like. Yeah. 
so many stories like it's like when you hear the rogan podcast they talk about like botter like just smacking a security yeah. guard like it's on camera it's like, yeah, yeah. like imagine like a, like a create like that one of those big like heavyweight moroccans like that they have like that he has that temper and he just goes around yeah, doing stuff yeah. man it's it, but that's the thing like and you said you talk about discipline you know some fighters um aren't disciplined because we've seen in the the case like say with like say john jones is a famous example he's my favorite fighter but i'm not gonna lie you know like i'm not gonna be naive to his screw-ups he's had with as we've seen in tv and you know Bader Hari. like what what do you feel is like important to get that how do you how would you if you had a fighter that's very good pj and they and they and you see that like they're self-destructive what would you do like uh, to, to kind of help him or her get on track so you they can realize the importance of discipline and the potential you just have to lead by example you know i mean you can't tell tell someone what to do or you, you, all you can do is lead by example and uh, you just have to be a be a good friend you know and uh, i think that's the key you know it's yeah you want to have a teacher that cares, not just, yeah. you know, like, because you're paying him. Yes, the paying is good, but you want to show. That's why, you know, they say the rapport you build with your students is so important because then they can help you in the long for run. Sure, and sure. I've definitely seen that, like, with, like, I worked with David Moon, you know, before I, I met Mohammed And uh, David, like, encouraged me, like he said, I think it's best if you go see, you know, Mo because... He's a specialist in his martial art, and sure. I've been with Mo ever since, and I still talk to David, and what's funny is, like, I've kind of brought them together now, and indirectly, like, I've told them, like, you know, like, let's get something going where, like, we can, like, do a training, and uh, it's just crazy, like, it's how, it's crazy how the, the martial arts community, like, they're, it's, it's very universal. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you uh, like about? Uh... Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think martial arts, uh, you have to learn from everybody, you know, you gotta take from everybody. If, uh, another, uh, <clears throat> for many years, I was, uh, I was only like looking at one specific style, you know? I was always like uh, studying uh, like mainly Muay Thai and, and a specific style of Muay Thai, you know? I wasn't open to other styles or other martial arts, you know? And then that's another thing that uh, <clears throat> I had to to change, you know, now I'm, I'm a, uh, so then I, I decided to, to look at other styles and learn from the other side, taking from uh, everybody and it really, uh, it changed, uh, it changed everything, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so much, uh, so much uh, to learn, you know. There really is, like, for example, I do Kyokushin karate and uh, it's the, they would say, some would say it's the most aggressive form of karate because there's a lot of, it's power-based, but someone like, say, uh, Lyoto Machida or like Wonder Boy, they do that American Kempo or Shotokan where it's more like, you That's know, it. movement. It's like blitz in, blitz out, blitz in, blitz out. And you did Muay Thai. What do you find is the difference between like Thai style kickboxing and Dutch style kickboxing from your experience? What do you find the differences are? Uh, well, uh, the Thai style, they, they, they're, they're more timing. It's a slower paced, you know. Uh, Thai style is a faster paced and they have better, better boxing, better uh, guard uh, than Muay Thai. Uh, it's like uh, Muay Thai, they have the clinch. Uh, the Dutch style, you don't have the clinch, you know. You can more take into multiple knees. Uh, Dutch, you can just throw one knee, you know. And, and maybe an elbow if you're lucky. 
Dutch style, there's no elbows. Okay, so I stand corrected then. So it's only a movie in the Thai style you can do the elbows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The K1, there's no elbows. It's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know why they don't allow that. That's so... Uh, yeah. That would make it more unique. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a league that... There might be leagues. It depends on the league, you know? Uh, leagues that have different rules. Some, some leagues out there might allow it. I'm not sure. And like the tournament that you did uh, on Saturday, um, what was, uh, since you're coaching, you know, the Muay Thai, like kickboxing and Muay Thai, it's K1, so K1 yeah. means they do, they could be a kickboxer with a background in Taekwondo or a form of karate. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, that event like as we were talking before the recording started? Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was a very uh, amazing event. Uh, it was uh, different styles of fighters, you know, the, we had, there was Muay Thai styles, there was karate. I, I saw Sabat. It was, it was uh, interesting. That's uh, and like so just to see that like you know everyone kind of all the fighters expressing their own version of what kickboxing is basically. Yeah, so, exactly. Like a Sabat. Um, I don't know. Okay, Sabat. Maybe you could explain that one a bit to me because I know Sabat is kind of a mix of French with like Dutch kickboxing. That's it. That's it. They, they emphasize more on the boxing. You know, they have very good boxing. Uh, their their low kicks are not uh they they kick very they, they don't have very good low kicks in sabat um what what was nice uh, on saturday is to see that different style of fighters uh incorporating other like let's say the, the this uh, uh like the sabat fighter like incorporate like the boy thai low kicks you know he, he had his sabat style and then he he was doing the Muay Thai low kicks, you know. It was nice to see, or you, you see uh, other, uh, like a Muay Thai fighter who like switches to like a, a karate stance and back to Muay Thai. It was, uh, so you see like everyone's evolving, you know, and uh, that was... That was nice to see. That's interesting. And as you said, obviously, it was a close event, you know, in terms of, like, how you guys, how your school school finished. And, like, are there other MMA gyms that are there? Or is it, like, kickboxing schools? How does it work? Uh, there was, uh, it was mainly the kickboxer schools in this event. But sometimes uh, other MMA schools uh, send kickboxers. Or or if you're an MMA fighter, uh, you can still fight in uh, kickboxing. So. As long as you don't do the striking. No, not well, striking, but as long as you don't do the grappling or exactly, takedown. Exactly, exactly. So that's the problem. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Or, yeah. So then there's a... So that was, that's awesome to hear. I'm really happy to see that you, you're doing that. You know, it's, it's just going to bring more awareness that there's other arts to do other than for just sure, MMA. For sure, for sure. There's uh, so, many, so many styles and, you know, I had a chance to... Uh, to work with uh, some kung fu fighters, you know, and learn how they how they do it, and uh, train with the Kyokushin fighters and see how they do it. Taekwondo, it's very interesting, you know. What was your okay? So obviously, this is going to sound a bit biased here because I'm a Kyokushin practitioner. I did Taekwondo. It was the gateway martial art for me to go into Kyokushin. Um, what do you find? Uh, what do you find that's familiar with like kickboxing and Kyokushin uh, from your from what you've seen? Kickboxing, Kyokushin. Yeah. Uh, you, you mean like? Uh, yes. K one style. Of it? Yes, exactly. The K one fighters that do Kyokushin, they they. I think they're, 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 I think they're one of the toughest probably because uh, Kyokushin fighters I find uh, they're better conditioned, like overall you know, they condition all parts of their body, 
uh, the, like a Muay Thai, I did Muay Thai, we, we conditioned specific parts, you know, just the parts we, we get hit, uh, but like the concussion guys, they concussion the whole body, you know, like they, they get take punches on their chest and their, you know, that it's, I found it was different. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean there. Like, I've sparred with uh, some of the guys I spar with now. It's like they've just been doing that since they were like five, maybe ten, and you could, and all those years of conditioning is just compounded into like they, they are, they're, they're among the toughest uh, yeah. that I've come across. And then again, it depends on the fighter, you know. You, true. You can't generalize. No. You, know, you can't find a, <laughs> you know. No, like uh, one of my sparring partners who's a brown belt, when he was a green belt, spoke about that he fought a second uh, Dan in Kyokushin and he, he knocked him out. And then he just said, he's like, he said, don't look at the belt rank. It's how the fighter conditions himself or herself, what their yeah. habits are, what are they eating, how are they resting. It's, it's all about their habits. They yeah. could have just got their belt because they kept going to all the classes, which does happen, but yeah. it doesn't translate to them being a badass in the literal yeah. terms. Um, and when it comes to MMA now, because you know there's a lot happening in the world of MMA. Maybe you're following, maybe you know. You, you're... I'm more in it, like doing it. I'm not following as much, mm -hmm. but like I, I'm pretty much in it. So, Rory uh, McDonald, yeah, I want to ask you about that. He has a big fight coming up against Douglas Lima again yeah, on yeah. October 26th. What's your uh, thoughts on uh, the rematch with the? Uh, the with the phenom in uh, in Bellator, uh, but it should be an interesting fight. You know, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it's the he, the uh, last fight Rory won. He he had a blown was a tough, yeah blown up. Uh, like it was a tough fight, but he pulled it off. Uh, he can do it again. I think so too. I have yeah. a feeling the way Rory fought versus Neiman Gracie was the perfect game plan. If uh, and I feel if. Uh, I'm sure, like you've seen what Faras is doing. If Faras can come up with a game plan with uh, Rory in terms of like what he did for Neiman, just now tailored more to fight Lima style, I think Rory could re retain the belt. Obviously, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's just unfair that he never got the, the respect and well the recognition in the UFC, and I kind of felt they kind of didn't really promote him. Yeah, barely because you know I, he was in the shadow of George, but. He had some good fights and oh, definitely, <laughs> and that Robbie Lawler fight. I know, I know. Like, uh, that was a hell of a fight. And, that uh, that was my gateway fight to MMA, actually. Oh uh, yeah. I I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Like even though like I know I mean, if you're an MMA fan, uh, you gotta you have to watch that fight. You know, like that scene where like you see Robbie like with the blown lip yeah, and he just like, yeah. spits out the blood and it's like that was like I like this sport. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, hats off to Robbie, too, man. Like, they're both, for like, sure, for sure. they're both, like, you can't, it's not like hockey where you're, like, a Habs fan, and then you say, oh, I like the Habs, but I hate the Bruins and the Leafs. Like, it's, like, fighting's different. It's not, like. Hats, hats off to all the fighters. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's not a, it's a not, not an easy sport, you know. Like, I've, I've played other sports, you know, hockey, soccer. It's, it's a lonely fighting. It's a, you're lonely, you're alone, you know. You're in there, you know. Hats off to all of them, you know, it takes courage to do uh, what fighters do, you know Exactly, yeah My, uh, what I like to do with my guests too that I've had is like I try to ask them their dream MMA matchup And also their current or past top three or five fighters So I always like to begin with mine just to kind of give the get like anyone I speak to uh, Like a chance to like, you know, make it easier for them So for me right now my top three active fighters are John Jones 
Robert Whitaker and Gegard Mousasi. Um, Musasi just won. So while you had the event on Saturday, he beat Machida in the split decision rematch. So, you know, hats off to a fellow yeah, Persian I saw, army. I saw the highlights, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a good fight. It, it was. He came in, like, and, you know, it's just crazy. Musasi never gets the recognition he deserves. I think he's, like, the best fighter you've probably never heard of. Uh, who are your three favorite fighters to watch right now if you had to choose? Uh, UFC? Yeah, or at Bellator. It could be any, any promotion. Tough question. <laughs> uh, give me a second. So many fighters, favorite fighters. Uh, I don't know. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No worries. No worries. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to hold you to it. It's tough, man. It's tough too. I know what you mean. It's tough for me because I have a top ten, and then when it comes to top three, luckily I know my top three. Yeah. Um, and let's say now. So this is going to be the hardest question I have for you. You have been given the role of Dana White, Scott Coker, and Chatri Sitonyang in one FC. Now you're going to be all three in one. And you have to figure out a way to make the dream crossover fight. If you are all three, what is your dream pay-per-view in terms of main and co-main event? Main event, I'd like to see GSP versus McGregor. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. Um... I also like to see GSP versus Khabib, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. <laughs> I know what you mean. For me, main event of GSP Khabib, just for legacy in terms yeah. of legacy and combat, in terms of legacy of combat sports. Co-main, I like to see it's a mix of two as well. Like you said, Connor, George, and then. Khabib, George, for me, it has to be John Jones versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, the fight oh, yeah, we yeah, never would, got yeah, to that see. Would, that would be, yeah. Just Because yeah. that really would give us an answer, like how would Johns do against a wild striker of yeah. Rumble's nature? And then I'd also want to see John Jones versus, no, not John Jones, actually Anderson Silva versus Gegard Mousasi. Yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. That would have been a good fight because uh, back then, if you remember in the dream... the prime with it. Yeah. yeah. You've, I'm sure you've seen... I remember Anderson just knocking out like Forrest Griffin and he'd yeah. go up to fight James Irvin then he'd come back down, fight Patrick Cote. Gegard beat Dennis Kang in one night, yeah. Melvin Manhoof and uh, uh, Jakari Souza and it, and it would have been nice to see like how would they have done in their primes if, For sure. For if sure. they did that. But uh, sure. yeah, that's crazy. And uh, Payton Man... Before, so if people wanted to get in touch with you, what would be, uh, if they wanted to take, arrange a class with you, where, where can they reach you in terms of uh, like meeting with you to try kickboxing? Uh, would be best would be on my Instagram, at hybrid.fight. Hybrid.fight? Yeah, that's my Instagram, or on Facebook. Facebook? Pejman Hedayati, that's my name. Okay, well, this was awesome, man. I really had a blast uh, speaking with you, picking your brain, you know. Same here, same here. I'm really, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I could come to, I'm thinking of coming to TriStar now. Now I want to try a kickboxing yeah. class with you since I'm not with the school specifically. Yeah, sure. um, and once again, I want to thank uh, the four people to help making this happen, which were uh, David Moon, Mohamed Chik, uh, Dimitri St. Jacques, and Alexia Enzabadi, who uh, is actually training with you. How's, that, how's she doing? Because she, she has a karate background. Yeah, but she has a, she has a train with me. Oh, she doesn't? Okay. She, no, she doesn't train with me. Okay. Maybe she's seen you, but uh, oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. but she did say like, but she also said like, oh, like if you have a podcast, you know, talk to PJ. Yeah, yeah, so. I know her well, but uh, <laughs> she hasn't trained with me yet. 
But uh, maybe she wants to come and train with me soon. Well, just to give a shout out to Alexia, if you're looking to train with uh, PJ, the door's open for you, yeah, Alexia. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, this was an awesome. So uh, the episode will be up very shortly. And PJ, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. We'll, we'll do this again soon if you're down. For sure, for sure.